Welcome to Analytics of Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. Uh, this is a, a, a fun week in terms of NFL uh, free agency, not a fun week in terms of stuff going on in real life, but that's why we play fantasy is to escape from some of it all. Uh, the, the free agency has gone off without a hitch uh, so far in terms of signings. A lot of the official stuff isn't going to be official uh, until... In terms of trades and and actual free agent signing announcements from teams until physicals are completed, but we're in the new league year. Uh, We have a new CBA, labor piece, uh, media deals are going to be negotiated, and um, you know now we're sort of marching towards the draft in whatever way, shape, or form that looks like. Um, and all of that stuff. So um, it's just going to be an interesting few weeks. I'll just start off quickly with a with just a tad of a personal note. I um, I the other day over the weekend experienced some uh, some sudden onset of some lung pain, which of course was concerning considering the the ongoing uh, COVID nineteen crisis. And so I spent a couple of days short of breath, you know, nothing, no other real symptoms other than some shortness of breath and lightheadedness, almost fainted. Um, but able to stay upright, big guy didn't fall. Uh, so, um, it went on for probably like 48 hours and I got a little concerned about it. Um, called my doctor. They said that I could come in, um, went in to see my provider, uh, Amy Russell, who is just the best. Um, she's just, awesome uh and it's taken care of me since i've been a patient there uh and uh she did the same as well this time um apparently telling your doctor that you have in in your nurse that you have uh <laughs> that you have uh felt like you got stabbed in the chest because that's how your lungs feel is a bad descriptor because almost instantaneously they had me on an EKG, which is pretty comical. Um, I was like, no, no, I, my heart's fine. Like I know, you know, I've had, I've had tests before and I sort of, you know, know what those things feel like in terms of the heart. I'm like, my heart's fine. You know, like I'm wearing the, the heart rate monitor the whole nine. I'm like, trust me, like you guys can save the money on the EKG. Like my heart's just a okay. And they're like, Oh, we're going to, you know, and they, they stuck me on it and did the whole nine and they were like, you're going to need shots and a full blood workup. And I'm like, I just have gone off the rails in terms of how I described this thing. Like it wasn't, it's not my heart. Long story short, chest X-ray, EKG, flu test, which is um, <laughs> an experience on it, one of its own. Uh, and everything came out to be, looks okay um in terms of in terms of no flu no heart issues which i could have saved them their time and worry uh and uh they said that doesn't look like you know they probably would have had me tested for COVID 19 if they could they quarantined me told me to go home um because it was asymptomatic of my history but um, but other than that, I feel fine and I'm, I'm ready to go. I, there's a pretty comical picture of me, um, hooked up to the EKG that maybe I'll tweet out. Um, it's just pretty, uh, it's, it's a pretty comical sight to see, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, as, as just a piece of advice, like you can't really get tested unless, you know, you meet a number of these factors and, uh, you know, I would have easily consented to the test just to, you know, make sure I'm not spreading it to people that I 
love or care about or work with or any of those things. And I'm 32 years old, not that big of a risk, but you know, they are. And so I definitely don't want to be that vector for all that. So, um, you know, I would have easily consented to that, you know, whatever tests they needed to do, but just didn't qualify. So I would say like, just from a personal experience, if you do feel symptoms, like call your provider, don't go there. Um, tell them sort of what you're feeling. Um, there's hotlines set up at hospitals and, and those sorts of things as well. Um, at least here there is, I'm sure there is where, where you are. Um, so just keep on the, and just, just be, be considerate. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're like me, you're probably, you know, and you're, you know, I'm in my early thirties. I'm my odds of this, you know, being life changing for me are pretty low, but my odds of, uh, of it getting, uh, infected with it and not knowing that I have it is, is a lot higher probably than my likelihood of actually ending up in a hospital with severe symptoms. So, um, you know, just if you feel something, you know, to call them, call your doctor, you know, tell them what is going on. Um, and you know, just get yourself taken care of so you don't have any of those problems. But, you know, for me, they had me out in an hour and everything was all fine. So, um, just figured I would share that in terms of it's a lot of stuff going on. And I just had some, sometimes it's easier to just talk about. Um, but you know, just share the personal experience so that way, if you're concerned about it or anything like that, like, you know, it'll, uh, get treatment and it'll work itself out one way, shape or form. So, um, you know, just, and just hope for the best, but, um, got to give a shout out to my, uh, my provider, Amy Russell's and her staff. She's just the best, uh, she's the best, uh, the best, um, provider I've ever had. So, um, all right. So I wanted to talk this, this episode about, uh, the quarterback carousel and I could go through like do a litany of like a rundown of all the, the free agent moves and the trades and all that. But just the thing that gets me about this, this whole week and this whole year. And I've been sort of thinking about this week for a while and the, the implications of it and just the, the changing nature of the entire NFL and the, uh, the seismic shifts that we're seeing in terms of, of quarterbacks that have been on their teams for 10 plus 15 plus years that aren't there anymore. And just the, the seismic fallout that's going to happen. Um, I just, it has me fascinated. So I, I, before the show, I, I created a show sheet, which, uh, is, is not something that I typically do, um, in terms of, uh, it's pretty crude, but I just listed all 32 team, the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL week one of 2019. And it was pretty jarring. So, uh, Buffalo, Josh Allen, still there, uh, was injured a little bit early in his career, but, um, is progressing in the, you know, I generally say the right direction. Some people are pretty, uh, skeptical on him as a passer. Uh, I think the, the digs thing's pretty interesting. We'll see sort of what his ADOT ends up being. If they want him to be this deep ball guy, if that's what they want, I don't think it's a great match for Allen, but I think they could use him close to the line of scrimmage and, and have some success with, with him. So, um, give me, give me guys that can get it open in the short area for Allen, actually where he's, where he's above baseline in terms of like the average expected completion percentage and production. And like, he's actually been good between five and 15 yards. So, um, Sam Darnold missed a good chunk of last year with the, with mono. Like it's just a weird health year across the board. And 
the starting quarterback for the Jets having mono is included in that. Um, it should be back. You know, what's the progression with him in terms of Gase and what that system brings? I'm not sure, uh, but he's back. Um, Miami's a question mark in terms of Ryan Fitzpatrick started. They obviously still have Josh Rosen on the on their team. Yeah, I was thinking about this, and I keep – like, they're so interesting to me in terms of their – in terms of their their assets, and they they have spent some in free agency with bringing in uh, bringing in Byron Jones and and some other some other players across the board to help out. You know, it just doesn't scream to me rookie quarterback. I mean, maybe that's what their plan is, but I mean, would you rather have? And I think that that the minimum that it would take would be this. And I think you're probably going to have to give up more. But they've got 5, 18, and 26 in the draft. And you're spending up in free agency, and you're spending money and and committing resources to positions and to draft a rookie quarterback who might not play year one? Like, is that really what's happening here? Uh, or... And, and I, I think, like, this would be really interesting to me. And I've thought about this for a while in terms of, like, what if Miami doesn't go quarterback? Like, what if that – like, let's play that out for a second. Cam Newton is available and probably at this point not going to cost a ton in ter- terms of compensation. Do they have to extend him? Maybe. Uh, do they – is he a question mark in terms of – his physical and all that stuff, yes. Does this whole coronavirus thing complicate that in terms of getting him tested and getting all of that? The you know, there's restrictions on uh, doctors seeing patients in the facility and uh, and all of these things, right? Like those things are are very practical concerns. But would you rather have, given the uncertainty in all the situations, would you rather have the fifth pick in the draft? the 18th pick in the draft and the 26th pick in the draft, as well as uh, two first next year and, uh, you know, multiple picks on, on day two in terms of two seconds, a third, um, a fourth, three fifths and all that. And the additional capital you have next in 2021, would you rather have all of that in Cam Newton or would you rather trade, you know, basically have the 18th overall pick uh, and Tua, right? Because you you figure they're probably going to have to trade 5 and 26. That's like the common thought is what they'll have to trade to get up high enough to get to 2 or 3 to get Tua, um, you know, and avoid someone jumping them. What would you rather have? And, man, like that that – Going that Cam thing, if Cam's healthy, like going that way is pretty intriguing in terms of you have no Brady in the division. You're able to add some key pieces across your roster. You bring in a guy like Jordan Howard who, again, running backs don't really move the needle in terms of of win expectation. Typically guys like Jordan Howard specifically, but you're you're bringing in veterans. Like you're bringing in – you you sort of keep doing this this veteran thing. You spend a bunch of money on uh, Byron Jones, uh, and you know it, don't you you sort of create you and you've get you've get 
three guys in the top 56 of this draft and you can really retool really quickly and you don't have to address quarterback with a pick, right? Like, or two picks or three picks or however many picks it's going to cost to move up from five to three. Like it's probably not just one. It's probably not just five and, and 26. Like it's probably more than that. And you know, if you went cam, right. Or if, even if like you went Jameis Winston, like those are two, I, I I would prefer Cam, but like those are two really interesting plays in terms of what you could surround them with. So I'm I'm fascinated by what they do um, coming up here and 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 how it happens. And Cam Newton's really uh, I think a major piece to to see. He's obviously uh, we'll get to him more specifically a little bit later, but uh, he is he is I think the big shoe left to drop at this position. So um, so that's. That's a zero for me right now because Fitzpatrick's still under contract and started week one. But you're without uh, Tom Brady leaves New England, so it's been there for essentially two decades and leaves a big hole. And th- that's a pretty seismic shift in terms of the in terms of the AFC East. Uh, you know, I think probably right now that the Buffalo Bills are probably the favorite to win the AFC East. I haven't checked in Vegas, but that would just be my intuition. Um, you know, what does New England do uh, in terms of are they in play to come up and draft a quarterback? Like, I think that's possible uh, in terms of do they do a, you know, do they do something where where they do a Philadelphia-type trade for Wentz when they package uh, a couple players to move up and then basically do a cascade trade. Like that's, I think that's possible. I'm not willing to rule out anything in terms of them. Um, but this is the week Belichick usually takes vacation. So I'm not holding my breath in terms of them to make a move. Uh, Cleveland adds case Keenum, uh, as a backup three years, I think it's about 6 million a year. Uh, so that's not, that's not nothing in terms of, yeah, there's a Kevin Stefanski thing. Baker's not a Kevin Stefanski guy. I, I sort of get all that. I think they're going to ride or die with Baker. Like they, they've got to see what they have, um, and I think they have a starter there long term. But you know, that's the the Keenum thing is certainly a, a backstop in case something goes wrong with Baker. And he's proven himself to be a capable, you know, a capable fill-in. Um, I don't think he's a long-term starter, but I think that's a notable, a notable deeper down the line move. Um, so officially, uh, Cincinnati still has Dalton on the roster, but uh, everything in the world projects Burrow to be the number one pick. So we'll go with that's the second team without a, you know, with a new quarterback. Uh, ben Roethlisberger missed a ton of time last year uh, with the with the injury. Should be back for week one. At least that's what he's projecting to be. Um, some of the pictures out on him have been pretty interesting in terms of his facial hair. Uh, I know people have been commenting on his body. He's never wasn't like he was ever that you know on the on the Brady avocado diet. But uh, you know the beard thing is pretty funny with seeing Ben. Uh, Lamar Jackson obviously huge year last year with Baltimore. He's back. Uh, turn to the AFC uh, South, where you have three different teams potentially trading, changing quarterbacks. Obviously, Indianapolis came into the season last year. You know, this time last year, thinking Andrew Luck was going to be their starter. He retires, and uh, Jacoby Brissett is their starter. Performs well enough to earn himself a little extra 
a little extra of a contract and then fades off down the stretch. They bring in Phillip Rivers. Uh, I project that probably to be a Phillip Rivers start. Uh, I think the one year on that's interesting. I mean, he's talked about wanting to play, you know, maybe two more years. Uh, so the one-year angle on that's interesting in terms of is this a is this a competition with Brissett? I think Rivers is probably the starter, but um, it's an interesting that's an interesting structure. I was that was something that that caught my attention in terms of that just one year deal. It's a it seemed odd to me. Um, so we'll see if there's any more to that story. Uh, Tennessee without Mariota. Now they have Ryan Tannehill. He's locked up long term. So you you like to see that in terms of their stability. Uh, played well down the down the end of last year uh high touchdown rates so that was you know that's that's a, a key thing to remember and consider with him uh in terms of he should expect some regression on that number just because that number is pretty fickle year over year um but 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 a major rehabilitation project last year and really uh captured some of the promise that he uh was highly you know he a lot of people thought pretty highly of him and i i had heard that there were some people in that class that was the luck in RG3 year that had him as quarterback one. So I don't know if that's hindsight or what or whatnot, but the, I've heard that uh, that said. Uh, I think it was on one of the bigger, maybe it was Daniel Jeremiah said that, that he had heard that around the league. So it's uh, an interesting note. And of all of the guys in that class, he's the one that has stuck. Uh, he is the, uh, the first rounder that's really stuck. So an interesting Thing a note, uh, Deshaun Watson's still back in Houston, so he's the only surviving quarterback in this in this division as Nick Foles has been traded from Jacksonville to Chicago, um, and Gardner Minshew projects currently to be the starter. I wonder if they're in play for another for uh, a potential trade up for quarterback. I think that is certainly a range of outcomes type of, of thing. I do not. I would not rule that out uh, at all. Uh, I would not rule out that they. Uh, bring in someone to compete with Gardner Minshew. And listen, I like Gardner Minshew, but day three quarterbacks, the the rate of it happening long term, and it and in a franchise really turning the keys over to a day three quarterback, like it is rare. It is just so rare. Like Dak Prescott was is is an outlier like the and i detailed this in the the analytics of dynasty in the 2020 edition like i I looked at these three guys like dak prescott kirk cousins and gardner Minshew, and just sort of you know is there anything to sort of pull from it and like the fact that right now based on the start of his career that kirk cousins is starting quarterback in the nfl is just like when you go back and look at his first 11 games like it is mind-numbing that he got to this point but um, and that they stayed with him through as many starts as they did when he was as bad as he was uh and so you know now he they didn't commit to him long term minnesota has and and so you're there but the the Dak prescott story is the more classic one where you actually produce really really well and, and get the opportunity and seize it um you know Minshew was a little bit in between that I wouldn't say he was bad but he wasn't in the Dak Prescott's fear of good I mean Dak Prescott was eight to one touchdown to interception ratio when Romo was out that year you know in the first eight games of that of that season uh basically his trial his trial run and Minshew was something like 13 and four uh, so good but not anywhere near the the height of of Dak Prescott and then he ultimately, I mean, through 
through that trial stretch that Gardner Minshew had, he was better across the board than Nick Foles' uh, his career averages. Like he was just he was uh, essentially in every measure was better than him, and Foles got his job back. So that just sort of speaks to what the the outliers that these day three guys are. Um, but ultimately, Minchie looks like he wins that battle. Again, it's a battle. Is it, does he win the war? There's still a lot of time to go between now and then. Are they in play for a guy like Cam Newton, a guy like Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, any of those types of guys? I mean, there's competent starting quarterbacks around the NFL that aren't signed. This is a rarity. We're in, this is a rare year for that. So I, I think that there's still a potential shoot to drop in terms of this. I wouldn't yeah, – Does is Minshew the most likely starter week one for them? Yes. Do I put that at 100%? No. <laughs> Do I put that something lower than that? I would say it's probably more likely than not, but I, I think that there is uh, still some uncertainty there in terms of how that situation settles out, whether it's a pick or free agent. Uh, going up to Denver, not much talked about in terms of the Flacco situation. Um, I, I think Drew Locke projects to be the week one starter. Um, I wonder if they're in the the Cam Newton, James Winston sweepstakes as well. I mean – you know, Drew Locke the falls and performs okay in his in his short stint. Uh, missed some time with injuries, and but they they have never really been able to get quarterback right outside of the Peyton Manning uh, experience under Elway. It just hasn't really worked that well. So, you know, do they stay with Locke or do they add one of these guys? Like I think they're a dark horse candidate to to be in on the, the remaining quarterbacks in this class. We'll see what happens with Flacco, too. So Mahomes is back. It looks like Carr's going to survive this, although Mariota's backup is Mariota, Tannehill-type situation. Carr, again, is a is an outlier in terms of hasn't been a top-12 uh, quarterback in his fantasy career in terms of a seasonal finish and uh, yet is a long-term starter. And that, that does not really happen. This whole quarterback, you know, long-term quarterback too, that's really a, that's really an outlier in terms of those stories aren't that common. What you see is, it's more like a story like Andy Dalton who goes up and is, has a really elite season and then sort of settles in as a quarterback too, more than you ever see a quarterback to entrench himself as a quarterback to and stay a quarterback too. Usually that that's a pretty uncommon occurrence. So Carr's an outlier in that sense. Um, you know, Mahomes is, or uh, Mariota is certainly competition there. We'll, we'll see. I think Carr's probably the week one starter. Uh, so the seventh team without a quarterback, I don't know if I said this, but um, Indianapolis was three, Tennessee's four, Jacksonville's five, Denver, question mark, I'm saying six. Uh, Rivers is not in... LA anymore. Uh, so there's a there's a question mark there. Is it Tyrod? Do they they have a top ten pick? Are they in? Are they in play for a uh, a quarterback? It seems more likely as this week goes by that that there's a more of a uh, the floor is lower for these these quarterbacks uh, in terms of Indianapolis traded their pick. That was a, a thought. Uh, a common thought for a guy like Jordan Love um, at the 13th overall pick is that's a, a common narrative attachment that I had seen. Seems less likely now that, that that's a, a floor stop for one of these guys if you see a faller. So they're not there. 
um, to, to stop that run, if you will, or, you know, stop the, stop the fall of one of these guys. So uh, it's a more, I think it's a more fluid situation than it was uh, in, in terms of that. Um, again, with like the Raiders too, they bring in Mariota. I think that was a potential situation where you would have seen the, maybe a quarterback get picked up, but that situation seems like it's less likely now. Uh, Tampa Bay as well, you know, with does, are they really going to bring in a rookie quarterback in what should be a win-now window with Tom Brady? It seems unlikely. So some of these situations that we were uh, thought were, were possible stops are seem less likely now. So that's a pretty interesting I think there's more uncertainty now with quarterback three, quarterback four in terms of where they go. And that's a fallout from, from this. But I do think that the Chargers are potential at six. You know, what what's to his health? Is Herbert there? Do they like Herbert more than Jordan Love? I mean, all of these things, I think it's pretty it's it's a, a pretty interesting uh, they're in a pretty interesting spot at six to either move up, stay pat, you know, start Tyrod Taylor. Heck, bring in one of these free agent quarterbacks. I think there's a whole – I wouldn't rule anything out in terms of what they're going to do. So so that turns – so there's seven in the AFC. We'll turn to the NFC. Um, and notably, each one in the AFC, there's a there's no division that goes unscathed in terms of this turnover. So uh, the least turnover right now is really the AFC North. Um, and we'll see sort of with the AFC East. They obviously lost Brady, but Fitzpatrick's still in play as the quarterback, potentially in Miami. Uh, turning to the NFC, so Eli started week one. Daniel Jones, now the guy. Eli retired a long you know, decade-and-a-half career, capped off by two Super Bowls. Um, Daniel Jones uh, basically bimodal last year in terms of t- – uh, two or three really, really high weeks, uh, struggled with some turnovers, but I think all in all showed positive signs. And in his, in his first year in the, in the NFL, commonly mocked, I would say, in terms of how high he went in the draft, uh, ridiculed to some extent. Uh, Dave Gettleman sort of draws that upon himself, uh, but he – Listen, th- that top 10 quarterback thing's real, and the dichotomy between him and a guy like Haskins across that top 10 spread, um, where Haskins is outside the line, Daniel Jones is inside the line. Historically, that's been a pretty big line of demarcation. So, um, you know, there'll be two interesting guys to track. Dak Prescott back on a franchise tag in Dallas. Uh, the, the notion that he was going to sign a long-term deal, like, leading up to the franchise tag deadline just made zero sense because he had every sense of – every piece of leverage in terms of the CBA was probably going to make him a lot more money, uh, waiting on signing a, a deal until, you know, the, the owners renegotiate the, the, the media contracts or all those things like time is actually on Dak's side in terms of, uh, in terms of a contract, uh, the salary cap should go up. It's probably going to go up again next year. They're going to sign a new media deal. There's going to be more money for the players, like all of that stuff. Um, I think that all of that breaks towards Dak. I mean, he could reset the market. They wanted to pay him $33 million a year. Like he, you know, just sort of, if you look the percentage that these guys are making, you know, he, he's probably could be making close to 40, uh, under the, 
under some of the new financing, whether that's in 2021 or, you know, we'll sort of see how that all plays out. But he seems more likely to be closer to 40 than he is um, than he is 30. Um, he might be closer to 40 than he is 35 in terms of his average number. Uh, Philadelphia, Carson Wentz uh, started. Uh, he was He's their guy, started in uh, – 2019, back in 2020, uh, Case Keenum was a starter in Washington and is now gone. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is the de facto starter presently. Are they in the two of sweepstakes? We'll see. Um, but that is situation number nine. That is turnover. Uh, notably, no turnover in the NFC North. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, although uh, Nick Foles is there as a backup quarterback now, and some competency, you know, there is that Andy Reid tree that is branched out there in terms of Matt Nagy's the coach. Uh, there's connections back to Philly when he was there. Uh, in terms of that's those guys are from the same the same tree, and I believe, if memory serves, that Nagy was with Foles uh, at some point along the way as well when they were in. Um, Kansas City. So that's a notable um, going home, staying on the, the same tree. I think he can certainly, I think he's a better quarterback than Trubisky is. Is Trubisky have some talent? Yes. Um, he was so gun shy last year. You know, he's got to get over that. And if not, it's going to be a really short career for him because he was skittish um, and was a, was a, a, a parachute on a, uh, on a team that had Super Bowl aspirations in terms of that defense and, and some of the weapons that they had. So um, we'll see. And they have chronically mismanaged this team. I mean, uh, I'm yeah, they bring in Jimmy Graham and, and all this stuff. I, it's, I think that their management of this situation has, has not been helpful. So, um, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. But I think Nick Foles, I'd probably take the over on a half a start next year, um, non-injury related too. So uh, Matthew Stafford back with Detroit. Is he on a is he on a shorter career span? Injuries racking up. I still think he's in, he's a franchise caliber quarterback, um, but some fami- some family issues in terms of uh, wife uh, had some some uh, I think it was a brain tumor if memory serves. She had uh, surgery and and that medical scare. He's expecting another child, so all, all that's going well for him. I I just wonder if he's if he's one of these guys that's going to play until he's until he's 40 um we will see Uh, i think he's been better than people appreciate so um excited to see him play 16 games get healthy and um see what he can do because he was on his way to a career year last year green bay uh, aaron Rodgers is back do they get him some help i think that's the big question is is it really him regressing um, so severely as some of the analytics community has pointed out, or is it a regression of his supporting cast and that has hurt him, right? I think that there are two two explanations. I think it's probably maybe a little bit of both, uh, but you know we'll see. Maybe they can get some help for him. Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, two commonly – uh, narrative-driven landing spots for them would be Green Bay. Um, so that would be certainly uh, give some help to to Rodgers in the near term as they try to keep this uh, Super Bowl window open. Minnesota with Kirk Cousins back signing an extension. I think that's a bigger piece for Superflex than people probably 
you know than than most other people would appreciate um i'm sort of geeky on these on, on these quarterbacks in terms of this range uh that cousins fits in uh i i I've, i like the some of the the history in him in terms of how that how that looks for guys that comp like him going forward like i said weird start to the career but now he's inside the line of of accomplishments uh and back for under contract for the next three years in Minnesota without Stefan Diggs, but are they going to go more run heavy? That's how they were more inclined last year. Uh, you know, have Adam Thielen have some pieces in terms of uh, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph and Delvin Cook and Madison. Like, there's some there's some pieces there to like. You know, what do they do at wide receiver too? I think it's an interesting thing to watch. Um, but I like Cousins as a, as a stable quarterback, too, and Superflex quite a bit. Uh, so Carolina, obviously without Cam, or, well, trending without Cam, they've given him permission to seek a trade and have signed Teddy Bridgewater, so that is situation number 10. Notably, NFC North uh, is, the, is the first division that I mentioned without a change in quarterback as of right now. Um, so Bridgewater there, I'm a little bit lower on him in terms of, you just don't usually see this type of thing. Um, you know, I'd, would I take a, I was asked today, would I take a random 2021 first for Bridgewater right now? And I would probably do that. So, um, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, uh, back, uh, you know, they were a weird team last year, had some pretty high hopes. I thought coming into the season and, and just absolutely fell on their face at the beginning of the season but played pretty well down the stretch and uh, you know there's there's some pieces there they move on from Austin Hooper uh he goes and lands with Cleveland uh, but bring in Hayden Hurst uh and that was a I think a pretty interesting deal uh and you know basically one of these buy low pedigree type players uh resurfaces and in just this week I saw him go tight on 12 in a, in a startup draft that I'm doing I detailed and broke down that startup draft on my Patreon side too as well. So if you're interested in some of those things going on over there, you can check that out. Um, but, you know, he sees a good uptick in value. Uh, they move on from Devonta Freeman. They're going to be a commonly mocked landing spot for a running back. I mean, that that offense could look pretty, pretty interesting in terms of maybe that that offensive line takes a step forward, a lot of pedigree on it, and you sort of get some better breaks this year than you had last year. I think that that offense could be sneakily one of the better ones in the league. Um, Breeze back with New Orleans. Bridgewater gone. We'll see, you know, this whole Taysom Hills, a franchise quarterback narrative coming out of New Orleans. Um, you know, let's see if he's still running special teams, you know, kick coverage duty or whatever you know some of the the weird usage that he did um you know does this additional uh, roster spot these two extra active guys on the roster does that uh, let them carry three game day quarterbacks give them the option to do that um so that Taysom Hill can still play the the offensive weapon and um protect them against, uh, you know, dual injuries where he gets injured and then unrelated breeze gets injured and then you're sort of stuck. We'll see what that, um, you know, who they sort of bring in to be that quarterback three. Cause I think that's a relevant situation. It's a thing to monitor. Uh, but they do invest in the first round, uh, restricted free agency tag on, on Taysom Hill. So they put their money 
to some degree it's not a big it's not a huge deal in terms of monetary stuff but they they do protect him at the highest level so that's an interesting thing to note uh, obviously Brady with aforementioned Tom Brady with Tampa Bay so TB to TB um, you know the the interesting follow-on from this is going to be I've seen the narrative that it's going to be Mike Evans that's going to be hurt by this. I'm not so sure. And I think making those drastic declarations at this point is, isn't the best, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move a ton in terms of this and will they make adjustments? I'm sure. Does he fit what James Winston did last year? No, but do they get, you know, Mike, Ev- Mike Evans has been quarterback proof. Uh, most of his career so and you know it hasn't always been with Winston and there's been injuries there and those sorts of things but Evans has been as good as uh, since he's been in the league it's been a, a really really high floor in terms of he's been a top 24 starter every year one of the few people uh, that can say that since they have come into the career um, this far into their career coming in in 2014 um that can say that string of, of production, just a rare, rare feat for his start of his career. Um, and then the, turn lastly, last but not least to the NFC West, um, the other division that has all four starters that project to be back. Kyler Murray at Arizona. I've seen him be discussed as high as quarterback three. Um, listen, I, I, man, I, we've done this before. And we did this thing last year with Baker Mayfield. And uh, shame on me, you know, fool, fool me once, shame on me, shame, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I just, <laughs> um, the question I have for people that are taking Kyler Murray at quarterback three is what's, what's the payoff, right? Give me a scenario where... Kyler Murray goes up significantly in cost, right? He's not, I don't think there's a range of outcomes for me where I take Mahomes out of quarterback one, barring some sort of career ending injury. Um, He's just, he's just a generational talent. And I hate using that word, but he is right. I mean, he's on a, a meteoric career trajectory almost independent of what Kyler Murray does this year and almost independent of what Mahomes does this year it's it's virtually impossible to see a scenario it's virtually impossible to move Murray Murray ahead of him but I have a struggle to fathom a scenario outside of career ending injury where he goes ahead of Pat Mahomes in a startup draft next year. I just, you know, I just, I just have a hard time seeing that. Uh, so that if you're taking him at three, basically, I guess your bet is that you need to get him this year because he's going to have a huge year. Um, I mean, maybe he can jump ahead of Lamar Jackson. I think that's a, re- that's a reasonable possibility because I think Lamar Jackson's due for some regression. He's a, put a more at risk player in terms of how he plays. Um, but you, you, to do that, you have to pass on Deshaun Watson at quarterback three. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, you know, granted, he's going to be without without uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre Hopkins goes over to Arizona. So the, I, I sort of see that narrative. But D, 
DeAndre Hopkins has done this, right? Like he has he has gotten inside the line on multiple occasions. He's shown a very high uh, he's shown very high upside in terms of in terms of his production and you know historically the the it's a bad bet to take a guy like Kyler Murray and I detail it in length in the book on uh, the 2020 edition of Alexa Dynasty. I I just go into and not even Kyler Murray specifically, but it was more looking at Baker Mayfield and the mistakes we made there. Um, you know, does is Kyler Murray likely to be a long-term starter? Like, it, I would probably take the yes side of that. Um, but we overestimate the likelihood that these quarterbacks are going to be elite. And we do it too soon. And we make these mistakes. You're better off taking a guy that is elite than a guy that could be elite, right? I mean, I, just what are you trying to accomplish other than uh, other than taking on more risk? And the downside, I mean, look where Baker Mayfield's going right now. We did this last year, right? And you know they're gonna have this. They're gonna have this offensive laden weapons all over the place, you know, uh, and no offensive line. Like we've we've done this thing before. And are they different players? Yeah, is Kyler Murray probably a better quarterback than? Then Baker Mayfield is sure I'll grant you that. It, but we've like we should learn our lesson and 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 just have a little bit of tempered uh, enthusiasm, you know, just 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 exercise a little bit of caution. I wouldn't, you know, I, I like Kyler Murray. I cannot get over. Uh, I can't get on board with him above uh, Watson or honestly him above Dak Prescott at this point. It's just a really really. Uh, concerning a risk. It's a risky profile that I think it's uh, it's an unnecessary bet to make. I don't think you need to make the bet. So that would just sort of be my my thought on it, anyways. Um, but you know, I like the player, but you have to keep the cost in mind. Um, Jared Goff, low touchdown rate last year, back with LA. You know, there's some thought that the, the Brandon Cooks might be on the move. All these receivers moving all over the place, a little bit disorienting. But um, you know, I like him for a pretty big bounce back. But he's back in with the Rams, uh, Seattle, Russell Wilson uh, back. Do they ever throw the ball more? Um, you know, maybe they'll spend uh, some more uh, assets on getting some help for him outside. Uh, DK Metcalf, good performance as a rookie. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, just one of the, the just a great relationship. One of the best quarterback wide receiver relationships in terms of productivity. Um, not huge volume, but but just super efficient. I mean, that they fit each other very, very, very well uh, in terms of quarterback and wide receiver style. So that's a a good mesh there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo. And there was some thought, you know, is Brady a potential landing spot in San Francisco? Is, you know, what's, what is that? What does that look like? Um, nope. He's Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back. I, you know, I thought when the, the trade from San Francisco trading to Forrest Buckner for the 13th overall pick, and basically that gives San Francisco 13 and 31 uh, and no day two picks. So, you know, I thought, hey, is this a is this a play to potentially move up the board and, and get a quarterback? Um, I I think that's a possibility. It's probably remote. Would be sort of my thought. Is that in the range of outcomes? Maybe, uh, but I think that they're probably more likely to have Jimmy Garoppolo back and maybe trade down. 
you know, they might be a trade down candidate to try and collect some more assets uh, with that 13th pick or even the, the one later in the first. So, um, but that's a, that was a thought that I had in mind when I saw that, that trade that they might be lining up for another quarterback. Um, but they seem pretty content with Garoppolo, probably more so than I would be, but um, they seem pretty content with him. So, um, so that's the rundown of the quarterbacks. I just thought it was really interesting. A total of 11 different starting quarterbacks right now. That does not include situations uh, like Miami, uh, which I think is a reasonable possibility. Someone else is a starting quarterback there next year uh, other than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, um, you, you know, and outside of that, I don't really see another one coming into play. Um as I sort of look and just sort of do one last peruse of the situation, I, I struggle to see Trubisky lose it in week one. Um, but I, I guess that's probably if I had to bet, that's the most likely one. Um, but that's, you know, and, and maybe cars on a shorter leash with Mariota there. Um, but yeah, that's, and, and I guess if you were to sort of look as Ben, as Ben healthy, um, that's a, that's another one, but I think, I think of them, the most likely one is Trubisky losing his job, but I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that there's going to be 11, uh, maybe 12, um, but, but certainly it looks like 11 different week one starters. So, uh, still fall out too from, uh, Andy Dalton is, is still potentially a guy on the move. Who lands in New England is going to be a really interesting thing if it's anybody. Um, I saw a thing today where someone suggested that they're going to tank for Trevor and, uh, you know, that they could actually do it well. Like they, they would do the full-on tank for Trevor, which I thought was interesting. Um, I don't think that's what they're going to do, but that it would certainly be interesting to watch. Um, and as an ever-suffering Buffalo Bills fan to see New England suffer through a year of tanking would be um, just about as good as I could could hope for. So, um, so that'll pretty much do it for this episode. I, you know, I thought, how can I, how can I sort of focus on one thing without just meandering around all of the free agent signings? Um, I did the free agent signings. I did a, a full podcast over on the Patreon side. I actually released a, a preview of it, um, focusing on the David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, trade, which, um, was certainly interesting. I think there's, I think that there's some undisclosed assets like naked pictures of Cliff, that of Bill O'Brien that Cliff Kingsbury sent back in that trade to get that thing done, uh, just to just to grease the wheels just a little bit more on that trade. Um, but yeah, the uh, so I broke that down. I did all of the the early free agency in an episode over on the Patreon side, and the Patreon side I have committed to the month of March because I am under quarantine. I have plenty of time in front of my computer as I'm working from home to record podcasts and some flexibility on the time to do it. So uh, they've still tended to be late at night, but now that I'm around here a little bit more, if I need the flexibility, I can move it up earlier in the day, but I'm releasing a podcast a day uh, through the the end of March. We'll see how, you know, how long this thing goes on. I might even do it up through the draft, um, but I'm certainly committed to the end of March. I, there's so much content, so much to talk about. Like I could do one a day. Um, just, it's a matter of time and, and, you know, the, the interest in it and, 
and keeping topics interesting, but there's certainly so much going on right now in terms of just different strategies to look at and players and, and all of this. Uh, so I am over there on the Patreon side, patreon.com slash analytics dynasty. You can get all of the, all of the audio content that I've done to date. It dates back to right after Christmas was when I started. Um, I got my dynasty tiers over there as well. I've done few dozen podcasts now it's i have to get the exact number but um but i'm doing one a day uh and i just actually before i recorded this i recorded another update on my startup draft going on some really interesting things going on in the market so you can find all that at uh, patreon.com slash analytics dynasty again ten dollars for the month of march it'll uh renew on april 1st so if you want you know you get you get like it's 50 cents a podcast for the month of March is probably what it'll end up working out at. And it's gives you a good trial, plenty of con plenty of audio content to, to get you through um, the, the free agency and the startup draft season and, and rookie drafts. And um, you know, without sports, we got to look for different things. And so I've just taken to the cathartic experience of recording more podcasts. So uh, I hope you'll join me in that. Again, patreon.com slash analytics dynasty. That's the dynasty tier. It's a dynasty uh, patron uh, tier. Uh, $10 a month. It'll get you all the audio as well as the uh, dynasty tiers, which is my take on rankings. And for $20 a month, you can join in the group me, which is fun. We're doing uh, some interesting discussions in there. Lots of drafts going on right now and, and um, rookie discussions and strategy discussions. It's, it's a really, really good environment and some thoughtful um, some thoughtful content, some really, really thoughtful and, and diverse opinions and really thoughtful strategic opinions in there. So highly recommend that. Um, and of course, the book's on sale, Analytics Dynasty 2020 edition, on sale for 30 bucks at analyticsdynasty.com slash shop and the 2019 edition still on sale over there for 20 bucks so if you haven't if you're newer to dynasty you're thinking of getting into thinking into getting it thinking about getting into a league and haven't done so yet and sort of listening to some content that'll bring you through the the full dynasty experience from start to finish you know i've had people that are brand new to dynasty get into the book and find value in it i've had long-term players that are in you know that are that are uh, high buy-in uh, players with big portfolios that have found uh, success and use that book as well. And the 2020 edition is a little bit more focused, more on some super flex stuff and some different ways to look at players. But the 2019 edition give you the full, basically beginning to end of a dynasty experience. So you can find all that at analyticsdynasty.com slash shop. Um, I do have a couple of guests lined up in the next couple of weeks, we'll say loosely defined, uh, that I'm interested to talk about. Uh, talk about some different things, some different topics um, as we go forward. So thanks again for joining the Analytics of Dynasty podcast. I appreciate all your support and your uh, your your time in, in listening to the podcast. Uh, go ahead and, if you wouldn't mind, rating and reviewing the podcast. It would be highly appreciated. Um, stay safe out there. I know that this time can be a little um, unnerving, but I hope the best for your families um, and all of you. And if you have any questions, concerns, or anything about any of that stuff and want any of my, um, my experiences you're nervous about or anything like that, um, you know, I do have some firsthand experience with it. Um, fortunately, it doesn't look like the, doesn't look like it's too serious, but um, never hesitate to drop me an email, uh, analyticsdynasty at gmail.com or on Twitter. Uh, my DMs are always open. So, um, all right. Until next time, continue embracing the variance. I am your host, Jordan McNamara, and we will talk again soon.